I can't tell when you're hitting recording when we're in person, though, and I don't like that. I hope you I hope you know how to lift with your back. OSHA approved podcasting from Danielle because you are carrying this bad boy. Some solid reframing there, communications guy. Okay. I like it. Let's do it. All right, greetings and welcome to another potentially useful TCAP Sloop EdTech Podcast. My name is Larry Burden, and I'm joined in person by the EdTech Twitter famous Danielle Brostrom. I don't know if that's true, but I'm going with it. And the Lake Wobegon expatriate, Steffi Light. Do you like that? You don't like that. Okay. Anyway, as always, we begin the pod by taking a deep breath and pondering another TCAP Sloop moment of zen. The most important thing an institution does is not to prepare a student for a career, but for life as a citizen. And exhale. I had things written for an opening, but then I deleted them because I really wasn't sure what our topic was going to be. <laughs> so I'm just coming clean. I'm coming clean here. I like that. But now I've recognized that I'm going back to that, and I'm wishing I hadn't deleted it because we are going to talk about Digital Citizenship Week, which was last week. The reason why we're, we're continuing the conversation is because the conversation is important to have because it is something that we recognize as a part of every student's life now. That they have their digital lives. They have their, their devices, and they have their online personas or they're there. I guess they're, they're there in that landscape. We know it's important to prepare them for that world, yet it's very difficult to find the time in their schooling to do that. Uh, there's, there's a lot of different ideas on how to do that. One of the ones that I think we're going to talk about today is um, Edvolve. So maybe we should start there, or we can discuss more of the the struggles in finding ways to introduce digital citizenship learning into the district. I, I leave it to you guys to kind of decide which way we want to go first. One thing I think about with digital citizenship, and and I feel this way about other curricular areas, but especially DigiCit, it's hard to have um, meaningful learning in a silo with DigiCit the skills and the the framework with which kids and adults as well are considering the information in front of them. So it's, it's more of a lens of how we're taking in information and being cognizant of evaluating that information. And so that's, to me, the crutch of some of the issue is there are standalone lessons for sure, but more important is having those skills to apply to all of the spaces and learning that kids occupy, right? So like their social media, that's not something they're doing as a school assignment, most likely. But the skills are important for all those interactions, outside school, inside school, you know, for everybody. We've talked about this a lot over the past six years. And it's funny because I'm sensing an, almost some trepidation from you guys where we used to talk loose and fast about digital citizenship. It'd be like, oh, it's this is so important. And, and I'm wondering if some of the hesitancy around the topic now is because it is real and we know 
we've probably missed the boat to some extent. It's not ingrained in what we do in our classrooms, and it probably should be. What sometimes does happen in, in our um, educational institutions, we end up having to try to put the tire on while the car is going down the road. We're, we're definitely there now, whereas before we had maybe some time to get it into the shop and do it. I don't know if there's a question in here, but I'm curious if you guys feel as though that is that might be the case. If you're willing, if you're willing to go there, because man, there's a lot of purse slips in this room. I think this is such a difficult, complex topic that it's just so tough to cover this with the depth and breadth that it deserves. You can't do this in a way of where you're just focusing on topics to cover and checking off lessons, which which is how we used to attack it. We used to say, okay, you do these five lessons in kindergarten. You do these five in first grade. Like, you've got this. And I think time has showed us that that's not – it's not making the the difference that we need. So we need to have something that's more sustainable and something that's more systematic and and something that also touches on that SEL dopamine part. Like why are we on social media? It's it's because of that dopamine hit and what kind of connection are, are we getting from that phone that we used to get from people? And there's just there's so many different facets to this that I think we, we struggle now. Maybe it's looking at it in a deeper way. Maybe it's evolving with this conversation. I heard a fascinating interview with an author yesterday, and he was talking about how technology has made it so much easier to share false narratives for lots of reasons. But just like we talked about when we sat down here today and talked about being in person for this podcast. Like if I'm sitting in front of you and I start to tell you like an incredibly, like just totally fake story, right? Like if I make up a bunch of information, maybe not, but you'll probably get a sense from like my facial expressions or how I'm delivering this story that I'm making it up or I'm lying. But that like in between where you're reading my body language or, you know, I'm rolling my eyes or whatever I'm doing, like when it comes only in audio or it's only in a meme or it's in a news story that's completely not accurate, it's so much easier to spread false narratives. And I don't think that we're the only district struggling with this by any means. Like this is a worldwide problem, right? But getting to a place where we have savvy users of information in, in information in all its forms is a big job. So going into last week, DigiSit week, I, I did talk to some people about what they thought was important about digital citizenship. One, one of our original digital natives, so it's one of my daughters who's uh, 23 now, um, said this, and I thought it was interesting. Policing what gets posted is a difficult endeavor. That's why I think it's far more important to teach about how we consume, because truly that's where the spread begins. There are always going to be trolls, even if we tell them the consequences. They enjoying, enjoy doing what they do. This is kind of cynical in, in some ways. So I believe the most important thing is teaching kids what is safe to consume and what isn't, learning about what reliable sources look like and how wording is so important, teaching that trust is earned, not just given, and you must approach media content the same way. 
this is somebody that has that grew up with social media kind of in in a very raw way and i think sometimes maybe asking some of those those individuals what what they see understanding cuz some of those kids now are getting to the age where they can have thoughts like this about how they grew up and it might be wise to listen and this is not something new to education it's kind of what we do is to teach critical thinking it's the it's applying it to a new environment that i think we're we're maybe struggling with as far as how to do that and i think there's some trial and error that's going to be involved in that process a question that i have for you guys is what are some things we have learned in our trials well it has to be embedded it has to be embedded within multiple content areas and everyone has to take a part of it it can't be just in the english department or it can't be just when danielle or stuffy come into your classroom it has to be um, everywhere and, and everyone has to feel ownership in it and I, I also think it needs to be more on the, the the front end too like we've talked a lot about our acceptable use policy and that we can't just sit a kid down and talk to him about digital citizenship and that they violated the AUP when they don't even know what the AUP is and it's not even written in a child-friendly language or I just think we need to do more of that education instead of just compliance and control piece at the end. Going to you, Steffi, what are some some things that we have learned from some of the trials from your perspective? I think avoiding the feeling that, okay, we our kids don't want to be told screen time is bad everything on YouTube is fake or, you know, not that this was our intention, but kids understand that social media is very manufactured. I think there's an understanding of how uh, unreliable a lot of sources can be, but getting to a place where, so instead of sharing all these like, okay, this might happen if you do this, or this might happen if you do this, breaking those apart and looking at where those could have been different. Like, we almost need a restorative justice approach to DigSit. But we, really, we, we, we don't have the hour and a half that's necessary to do the dissertation but, on, that, on that. I know, but, you know, this, there's restorative justice versus just giving a punishment, right? Restorative justice is much more time-consuming. It's much more relationship-focused. It's much more human-focused than... It's easy to dole out a punishment. It's easy to take somebody's phone. It's easy to do those things. I mean, your kids will be mad. But teaching did sit well is all those things, too. It's relationship-focused. It's it's human-focused. It's being, like, it's time. And so it's not a standalone one-off, right? And so as we see the need for focus on mental health, we have seen that need and continue to see that need. But it's almost like a shift in our approach to how we're teaching any of those big sort of life topics. It's the same. We need to get to that place where it's, I mean, it's messy. It's what we're, we have to model to our kids. It's the conversations we have. It's the intentional thinking that we show our, 
our students and our families, like the choices we make online, the choices we're trying to get to for, you know, having balance. What'd you say? Right? Like (laughs) it's a shift in approach because it's not just black and white facts that you're teaching. It's like teaching a philosophy or a set of thinking skills. And I think that's what led us to land with this Edval framework in the first place. Segway! <laughs> so the Edval framework comes from the Digit Doctors, um, which if you don't know, that's Dr. Kristen Matson and Dr. Leanne Lindsay. And I will say I am very nervous about giving them and this topic and their framework <laughs> talking about it with the credibility that it deserves because they are fantastic. And this framework is so well thought out. It's this logical sequence for addressing these four pillars of digital citizenship. So digital safety, media and information literacy, digital well-being, and social responsibility. And it's really this great scaffolding with guiding questions and indicators and it's just awesome when you're trying to look at this in a systematic manner. So th- that's great. It is. That's great. I'm, I'm gonna be I'm gonna be cynical here, and I'm sure it's very well researched. I go back to that. That's fine, but who's asking those well researched questions, and where are they being asked, and at what ages? Those are the, the questions we're asking ourselves, right? How do we, and this is on a more granular level, how do you systematize the use of Edvolve in terms of our intricacies of our district? And you're re- totally right. I feel like we can't give it the, the weight that it deserves in, in the format that we have. But how do we best do that? as a district, how do we share Edvolve in a way that is then put into practice? Because it isn't a checklist, nor nor do we want it to be. And that's what we're muddling through right now with our department and looking at how can we get support from other experts who are doing this. Like Kristen, Matson, and Leanne Lindsay do offer training and time to meet with them and like Steffi and I have an upcoming book study over Kristen Matson's Ethics in the Digital World book. We're working together with our local REMC. Um, so we're going to be offering 50 educators the chance to get the book, get some sketches, have a team to talk about real implementation of this stuff. And we're going to have time with Kristen Matson before we start the book. So just trying to give everyone, I mean, we're really at the beginning stages with this framework, but I think this Advolve stuff offers something we haven't seen before. Like what? Like it's it's not a checklist. It's not the the four lessons at every grade level. It's it's really talking about everything that we're trying to get kids to do, but it's it's just so well defined and developed and questions for students and I mean in my mind it's this 
I don't want to say framework because that's what it is, but like you're using the. <laughs> it's a framework. It's a, it sounds like a framework. It's a framework. <laughs> it's a really good framework. It's a way to ask a complex question, like across our curriculum and outside of our curriculum. It's the complex questions to be asking, and we don't have those answers, but it's posing the questions to try to get kids and not just kids thinking about the framework. Just kidding. (laughs) But the resources that are coming out of this, like that are created by professionals who are working through the framework, they're solid. Like there are some self-reflections. There are some, you know, little posters. Like we talk about the AUP not being in student-friendly language. Well, some of the the Edval posters that are coming out are things like, you know, digital citizens keep themselves and each other safe. They responsibly consume and share digital content. Like it's all parts of our educational systems evolve. It's never going to be a perfect solution. I'm going from a we're all doomed uh, mindset here to this is actually making me feel hopeful because I can see an evolution from the checklist to okay, now we're starting to get into engaging materials as opposed to, we know we need to teach these things. I think we still need to teach these things. Before it was just, here's the things. And that's what we got. Now it's, okay, we have the things and now we're looking at, here are some tools for our educators to teach them in developmentally appropriate ways that will engage our students. And I think that, again, the framework does an excellent job of giving our brilliant educators questions to use within their own materials. Like they, within their content area and their age level, come across resources and texts that, not that I'm not saying they're using fake news. I mean, they can apply these discussion points to any of the materials they're using. Like, is this material coming from a vetted source? Is this, like, you you have these discussion topics, but I think Edvolve empowers our our teachers to decide how to best make that meaningful and make that authentic, given the content they're discussing. discussing. So it's not a standalone, it's not X, Y, and Z, and it's not a a straight lesson because it would look very different from place to place and level to level. But I think it helps harness those brilliant minds who really excel at taking the concepts and and applying the art of teaching to make it super valuable. Man, I love that we've moved away from a place where Digsit was super boring and dry. I mean, remember when we used to look at proposals for Wired and they would come in and they'd be about digital citizenship and it would be a snooze fest. It would be like, oh, I love this topic and I'm super passionate, but if I have to sit and listen to this, I'm going to fall asleep. And that's not the way to get people excited about this complicated, messy essential topic. So when Krista Matson came to Wired there, she showed us how to use images to engage our kids in this work. And um, one of the other printables that she released last week or just reshared on her Twitter last week was um, some would you rather cards. And like those kind of takeaways that teachers can use the next day in their classroom that are relevant to any age level and go within this framework and within this topic, it's just so nice that that's where we're at right now or where we should be at. 
And I think our teachers have to feel comfortable that if, okay, so you're not going to be handed this lesson where you just do X, Y, and Z, but having the messy discussions and getting into the, the, the possible what ifs and the this and that, like that's the value having those discussions and showing kids like, okay, I'm thinking about this from these angles and a kid might be, well, I'm thinking about it from this angle and the value is in that. It's not, okay, my kids on a multiple choice test said that they should have a strong password, right? Like we're past that. We used to do that. Mm -hmm. We used to do that fifth grade tech tests Mm -hmm. where they Mm -hmm. had to show that they knew all the tech skills they needed to to make it, boy, we've changed and evolved, thankfully. Yeah. It's beyond skills, right? It's what is the better word for It's why should you use those skills? Yeah. We're, we're, we're teaching the why. We're also teaching the how. But we've, this but, is but more. But we're recognizing you kind of need to teach the why. So here's something else I saw on Kristen Matson's Twitter the other day, and it's very relevant right now. I'm starting to think that um, she is just my gold star right now. She said instead of saying the digital citizenship, instead of that being the term, because that focuses more on topics to cover, instead we should focus on the skill development and call it designing for digital citizens. I was like, ooh, I like that. That's what we're doing. We're designing for digital citizens. I like that too. She can say everything much more eloquently than I ever will be able to. So I'm just going to say whatever Kristen Matson says. Oh, that's that's certainly <laughs> safe. I'm sure I'm sure they will come back to We love to you Kristen Matson. Wow. <laughs> and if you ever want to come on the pod, you're more than welcome. Please. Yeah, yeah. So what do we have for a tech tool of the week this week? going to share. This fabulous killer underwear invasion. Oh, she's showing an, she's showing another book on a audio podcast. I'm going to, do you hear the book? There we go. There we are. There. This I think is what they're putting the, this is the visual learning of all those big concepts or, or the visual tool. It looks like a graphic novel and it hits on the main points of the framework, but poses the questions in kid-friendly. It's, I mean, my kids that was sitting on my counter and both of my teenagers were interested in reading it. But it puts the concepts together with a, you know, it's humorous so because it's killer underwear, right? But it provides situations that kids can see happen, not the killer underwear part, but it gives examples of things that happen around Digsit that are relatable, like this, they could see this really happening versus a lesson like, you know, it was a great lesson at the time, but the Pacific octopus. The Pacific tree octopus. Yes. That doesn't really exist. It yeah. doesn't really exist. And like the kids all know that doesn't really exist. And so they're presenting like resources that give kids a guide into their own, like to be able to think about their own situations. Like, oh yeah, that is something that I could see this happen to me or I I saw this or let me consider where this information is coming from. But using this resource breaks it down into 
it's not a lesson again, but it's a conversation around these issues in a way that's kid-friendly and entertaining. Again, not a checklist, but an activity around the main concepts. And I want to add, too, before we move we move off, um, Steffi, who's the author on that one? Elise Grivel. Okay, so it this is not done by Advolve. It doesn't come from the same people, but it covers those same topics. It's like... The, this group of people that are looking at digital citizenship in a different way. And last week, Advolve released as one of their freebies for DigiCit Week, they released a study guide to go with this book that has some great questions and resources available with it. Absolutely. She's, yeah, she's a Canadian author um, who has amazing resources and printables, lots of things you can use just as, a, as an educator. I found the description of terms and the breakdown of concepts that I feel like I have a good handle on, um, I was like, oh, that's a great way to say that. Or, you know, oh, that's why. Like, I learned a lot from killer underwear invasion. All right. Um, is there anything else for the good of the order? I don't think so. That that killer underwear invasion is amazing. Highly recommended book, Elise Gravel. Um, her website has a ton of printables. Um, that's where I would go for my tech tool of the week this week. I do want to say the Advolve curriculum and all the information to connect with the DigiSit doctors can be found at teachdigisit.com. So go there, check it out. Great plug. All right, in closing, you can find us on Twitter at... Brostrom DA. <laughs> I forgot what to say. At Steffi Light. At TCAPS <laughs> The look on your face is like, did I do something wrong? <laughs> Rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Audible, TuneIn, Pocket Cast, Downcast, Overcast, or wherever else you get your ear candy. Thanks for listening and inspiring. No worried, Larry. You don't need to be worried. <laughs>